Hello, this is John Bueri, and welcome to another episode of Community Intelligence, where we explore how leaders engage and build community. For this episode, I'm joined by Tara Roth, president of the Goldhirsch Foundation, who is supporting cross-sectoral social innovation in Los Angeles. We focus our conversation on one of the foundation's key initiatives called LA 2050. You'll hear about the initiative's origins and exactly how it's activating tens of thousands of Angelinos year after year in building towards a shared vision for 2050. sitting here with Tara Roth and we're sitting at Second Home, a shared co-working space in Hollywood. We're right next to the Home Depot and I can see the 101 out the window. Uh, really cool, a lot of energy here. But this Goldhirsch Foundation didn't start here. Can you tell us like what is this Goldhirsch Foundation that we've, we're going to be talking about and some of, like how did it get started? What is it? Yeah, thank you, John. And what's your role? What's yeah, your well, I'm, so I'm Tara Roth. I'm the president of the Goldhirsch Foundation and I'm really excited to be here. And out the other window I can see Covenant House and a number of other organizations that are nonprofit that are that help support people experiencing homelessness, which is I think part of what makes the Goldhurst Foundation and this uh, this location in Los Angeles interesting that it is this collaborative dif different mishmash of organizations, whether it's for-profit, nonprofit, or government entities that are trying to do their part in the world one way or another. Uh, so the Goldhurst Foundation is a private family foundation. We were founded via the sale of ink and sale magazines and endowed to make the world a better place. So we support social innovation mostly in Los Angeles. We act the, what I, what I say is we act like a venture capital fund for social good. So we think about capital in different ways. For instance, we think about our financial capital, so our grants, our loans, and our investments that we make, and all trying to do good, as much good as possible with those different forms of financial capital. We think about our human capital, so the people we have on my team, me, and providing operational advice and input. And we think about social capital, so ways that we can influence and amplify organizations in the impact sector via whether it's our newsletter or our social media channels or just making introductions to other funders or influencers. And you started the foundation? I did not start the foundation. The foundation was started uh, more about probably about almost 20 years ago now and it was started to initially fund brain cancer research which is what Ben's father was dying of when he endowed the foundation. I took over the foundation. I split the foundation very amicably between Ben and his sister and then we basically relaunched the foundation in its current format, focusing on innovation, focusing on Los Angeles uh, in, a, in about 2011. So at that time, we had not really had a public-facing website. We didn't have a Goldhurst Foundation brand. We didn't have colors and a, and a, a brand guide and a way to talk about the foundation. Uh, we, were, we were being very opportunistic in what areas we were focusing on for our funding. And after sort of taking that over, doing a new strategic plan and relaunching the foundation, that's where we are today. Uh, at the same time that we did that relaunch of the foundation, we also started looking at different discrete grants and investments that we had made in Los Angeles. And we started thinking about how do they all connect to each other because we're all connected and all issues are connected. So for instance, we in early days of the foundation brought City Year to Los Angeles and we brought Lyft, the anti-poverty organization to Los Angeles. So for instance, with City Year, we looked at 
the success Sidier was having as an individual entity of getting um, getting kids to graduate from high school, but then were there jobs that kids would want to take, or were there colleges where the kids could go? So what's kind of the continuum of a quality of life? And with Lyft, for instance, we could talk about helping to get people out of poverty, but what's happening while they're there with their families? What sort of education are their kids getting? What sort of um, environment are the kids being, being raised in? So we commissioned research um, in a report called LA 2050 and launched this initiative that is now a standalone initiative of the Goldhurst Foundation. So let's let's take that a bit. Yes. So LA2050 is an initiative that probably is your most well-known initiative or project, and maybe one of the most well-known sort of initiatives of a foundation in Southern California, LA area, because it is very public-facing. It's very much not for the elites or the decision makers, but for everyone in LA to see themselves in that project. But it came from, as you just described, your experience with a couple organizations. What was that evolution to say from you could because you could have done that in a very internal and very still very deliberate mm -hmm. way, but you made it a choice. You mm -hmm. and your and your leadership made a choice to say, we need to make a project for all Angelinos. Mm -hmm. And for context, right, mm -hmm. LA County is ten million residents. Mm -hmm. If you look at the region, we're talking twice that in the region. It affects a lot of people. It's a big issue mm -hmm. to try to tackle LA. Yes. That's that's in air quotes, LA. <laughs> um, so what was, what was the process to get from, we're funding these things, they're interesting, and let's do something concerted for the public. I think there were a couple of things. One is we wanted to better understand how to leverage what we were doing in the best possible way, kind of the highest and best use of the assets that we have at our disposal. And I think that we've always done a good job of that, that we've thought about um, if we can provide a grant, can we then also take a board position? Can we also provide someone with space to have an event? Can we let people be who they are and can we let organizations uh, let us lead us into what their plans and their visions are? So I think that that's, that's kind of at the essence of what, we're, what we were doing. So D Did you need to have a, proje a, a, a public facing thing to do that though? No, I think that that was a value. So I think that okay. was a value that was that was already, that hadn't really been articulated by us. And then we started articulating that a little bit more and thought about, okay, how can we basically punch above our weight and how can we give ourselves a roadmap? And then given that we exist for the public good, how can we provide or offer a roadmap for the public good in a way that we thought would be helpful and additive to what's uh, um, and to, to what's already out there. So, for instance, even with our research, we looked at we hired an organization called Estelano Advisors. We were their first client, and they I, we were pretty uh, we were pretty specific about the fact that we wanted them to look at research that was already existing. We didn't want them to go out and create something that was going to be in competition with what LA County had already drafted, what different council members in LA City had already drafted, what a well-being project had already done. We said, please bring it all together, what LA River has done. So they aggregated hundreds of studies and reports and they pulled that together. And it was, for us, it was the way in which we communicated about it. We made it very accessible. This should, our first LA 2050 report and really all of the communications surrounding LA 2050 are for, as you said, like the the average community member who wants to be a steward of Los Angeles' future. We also listened to Angelinos. We had experts come in and come up with the metrics by which we got, by which LA 2050 is guided as an initiative, but we also had, we gave mini grants to 20 different community-based organizations our first year to have them come up and tell us the metrics that were important to them. 
So for instance, we had a Native American organization do a basket, conduct basket weaving and talk about metrics that were important to them. And what we found was we're all really connected. We all want to have clean air, we want to have safe streets, we want to have good, meaningful jobs, we want to have good education, we want to have a decent transportation system, we want to be able to um, have a place we're proud of as neighbors, as community members, and we want to be able to raise our families in a great place. How many people do you think, you said 20 organizations, how many people do you think you talked to early on before you started? Um, well, that was, we'd already started doing some of the research. A lot of this was done in parallel, but those, that's, that first year that we did LA 2050, it's called LA 2050 Listens, where we gave the small grants, we talked to 30,000 people. People. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Now, that's amazing, but it also is just in LA County, yes. a drop in the bucket, right? Absolutely, um, absolutely. But that's a small city. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. And it's also, it's also a number that can change the uh, outcome of a political election, mm -hmm. and it's the number that can change a, make a, um, a boycott or a boycott incredibly successful. I think that they, at the, at the base of LA 2050 is, this is an accessible, beautiful, uh, report and and um, goals and metrics that people should be able that's kind of that appeals to people in a layperson's terms that people should be able to contribute to and interact with that's not going to be too lofty or heady and that is out there to be helpful if however people want to interpret that as you did this as you're part of the brain trust that's bringing this to bear did you think of like a, a, a persona or a stand-in of the person you were thinking about? Like, this is the person. If I could describe the Angelino I'm trying to talk to and reach, who was in your head? We, you know, it was less about the person we were trying to reach. What we thought about more was the person, if we could person, personalize what LA, like who LA 2050 was serving in terms of like what we were projecting the future. So if that makes any sense. So we actually thought about, from the research, we thought about who is L the LA of the future? Who is that everyday Angelina we should all be looking at? What did the statistics show? We worked with a demographer and it was, we looked at the number of, um, the, num the growing number of demographics, for instance, in the Latino population. That, so this, this, this baby who was born right. in 2011 was, we looked at as being a young Latina who was whose trajectory? We looked at her kind of trajectory mm -hmm. in life, what what things would look like in 2050 for her. So it was less about the audience then, um, but it was. But we we wanted though to make sure that everything that we put out there in terms of data or statistics was designed very easily. That we were strong on graphics. Everything's been done in English. Um, we've had a few tweets and other. Um, other uh, content on social media platforms that we've had translated into Spanish, but everything's been done in English. And I think that we were trying to appeal more to a sensibility than we were to a suburban housewife living in a, a you know, in the 27 to 37 band and with a certain income bracket. It was more about a sensibility about we are all Angelinos and what can this be to So, so you were trying to connect with people who already had a sense of place. Or who or needed to find a sense of place and who needed to find an entry point for a sense of place. Gotcha. And that's where I think what we've done has been different and um, and where it's more of a, what I call it is, uh, I call it more of a consumer brand than a stakeholder brand. I, it's And it's also making the consumer the stakeholder in his or her future. But it's we try to make everything that we do and everything communicate about engaging and fun um, and optimistic and we, a lot of the stats that we have about the future of Los Angeles and our current uh, state of being are not incredibly optimistic, but we try to, we try to find some hope that people can connect around. So you started, you said about <coughs> 10 years ago, 2011, 
engaged 30,000 people in that first session. What did you do with those 30,000 people? It's been 10 years. Yes. Has that number grown? Has it shrunk? Has it stayed the same, but the number, the actual 30,000 are a different group of 30,000? I'd love to know what the, the engagement yes. is with yes. those folks and how do you carry it? Yes, so I would say that those, I, I would say that those initial 30,000 who were who served as kind of research resources mm -hmm. for us, um, I'm not sure how much they have stayed with us or have not stayed with us as a, as a community. The way we really did get the engagement out there was we launched the MyLA 2050 Grants Challenge. And that was really um, an exercise in saying, hey, Los Angeles, here's this foundation you've probably not heard of because a lot of people don't know that the Goldhurst Foundation is behind LA 2050, and that's by design because we really wanted this to be, we don't want this to be a top-down, that this is a Goldhurst Foundation mandated um, initiative. We wanted this to be, this is about Angelinos. We want to listen to Angelinos and respond in an authentic way and put forth the research that we're hearing uh, with as little of a, with, 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 with no agenda, truly no agenda. And that's what I, I often say about our work is that we are not in political office, so we will not be voted out. We are not seeking re-election. We are not in private sector, so we're not trying to make our uh, investors happy, and we're not trying to show a certain volume sale at the end of a quarter. We're here for public good. We have been blessed uh, by this privilege of having this endowment, and we are trying to do the most good that we possibly can. So that's really, we're, we're coming at it with a pretty objective neutral lens um, but but to get back to your question around engagement the the biggest engagement piece for us is the grants challenge this is an online crowdsource grants challenge we do every just about every year where we give away a million dollars of the Goldhurst Foundation funding and we let Angelinos decide where that funding goes that has been very successful in creating a list and a community of Angelinos for us. We then have a newsletter to keep people up to, up to date about what's happened with the organizations that have won, organizations who haven't won. We always promote research and events. We have job postings. We have really, it's a, it's a really nice entry point for anyone who wants to know a little bit more about Los Angeles and get a little bit more involved in a meaningful way. And have you taken and that list? Is yes. is that a thirty thousand person? Uh, it's probably it's it's fluctuated. It's gone it's gone over a hundred thousand, wow. and I think we're now at about seventy thousand because we've also done list cleanup. And As we, you should. Right. We're, we're really we're very <laughs> yes. We do actually a few years ago we did do an audit about best practices for lists, and we are very we're. I mean, probably to a fault, uh, but we want to be very respectful about people's time. So I, the reason I ask the numbers, mm -hmm. so we talked about a small movement at 30,000. Mm -hmm. Now you're twice that. Mm -hmm. That's a mid-sized mm -hmm. city, mm -hmm. right, in L.A. Yes, County. Yes. You know, L.A. County has 88 cities, the biggest yes. being Los Angeles, the smallest being, I think, uh, one of these uh, smaller cities with like 100, 100 people in it. Um, how do you use that list now? You have them, you're, you're communicating, and mm -hmm. people might forward or click, mm -hmm. but are you are you creating a community that's activated? Are you com uh, saying, hey, we can change an election, yep. we can boy or boycott? Yes, um, yes. We are trying whatever we can that is within legal parameters. So this is tricky because we are a 501c3 private family foundation. However, most five, when we talk about 501c3s, for the most part, we think of nonprofits that are public charities. Um, so public, so some of the organizations we support that are known and loved, like Heal the Bay in right. Los Angeles or City Year, I've already mentioned. We, those organizations have much more latitude to um, get political and to advocate more so than we. 
as a private family foundation, so we have to be very, very careful. So I'm on the phone with our lawyer a lot. <laughs> Anytime things go out in the newsletter, uh, we can we can report on what happened with a measure, for instance, like the stormwater waste treat the wastewater treatment measure. But we can't we can't say show up for this hearing about this. We yeah. So there there are a lot of so you constraints. Can't, you we can't have. advocate a position, but you can advocate engagement. We can advocate engagement as long as we do it the right way. There are also like laws about, well, so we can advocate going out to vote. We can't advocate for voter registration. Hmm. It's, it's, it's an interesting, and this is where it gets just the devil's in the details with uh, having to talk to lawyers quite a bit. And then even if we point to things, because our newsletter and our social media platforms are our most, are our best ways, right. of, uh, most consistent ways of engaging, and especially at a higher level, even if we want to put something into our newsletter, we have to make sure that if someone were to click on a link and go to a site, that they then couldn't get to something that could be deemed illegal from a private family, from, from a private wow. foundation. Ruling. And are those state laws or national laws? Um, I think there are some that are, there are some that are uh, national I, and some state. Yeah, they're, they're state. both. Yeah. Interesting. I know, it really, it's a, it's a tricky little. So we have actually, in times past, thought about what if we spun LA 2050 out? Right. So not from the foundation. So it's, it would be a separate entity from the foundation. And the, the analog that we look at uh, is, although we're much smaller, but the Herb and Marion Sandler Foundation in San Francisco started Center for American Progress and Center for Public Integrity and ProPublica. And so we've actually worked with them to talk about how they incubated idea an idea uh, f did the recruitment and training of a leader and then spun that idea and that leader and that uh, burgeoning organization out of the very safe confines of a foundation and then how they helped fundraise and support operationally. So that's an idea we've tinkered around with. Hmm. We've had a couple of hiccups around that and we may revisit that. So uh, yeah, that. like what's the pros and cons of that? Now the idea here yeah. is creating a new structure yes. that would allow for greater engagement of this community you've built and yes. clearly people are surrounding you. Yes. And, yes. and and for those who who may not have been aware of you before, the attitude is that if you're going to talk about sort of the vision of the future of Los Angeles, you might talk to our elected officials, you might talk to think tanks like the Rand Corporation mm -hmm. or the Milken Institute, mm -hmm. and more recently you would include LA 2050 and or Goldhurst depending mm -hmm. upon the, mm -hmm. the person in the know. Mm -hmm. So that's r in a very short amount of time you've elevated your role in the conversation about the future of the second largest city in the country and its surrounding communities that make it the largest I think metropolitan area in the country in Southern California uh, being Southern California. So what why not spin it out to say okay 70,000, 100,000 or even right. 50,000 people we can we can change Long Beach, we can change yes. Culver City because of the number of people we have. Yes. Where's the pros and cons for doing that? Yes, so a big pro to doing it is that we can get more teeth and right. we can get more political. We can pick fights. LA 2050 has not picked fights. We've been everyone's best friend and it's been a good thing and a bad thing. Right. So you know, there's there's always a, the downside to the upside. Um, so that would be probably the, be the, big, the biggest and best reason if we wanted to get really serious about taking a stance on something. Um, the con to that is if that is spun out separately from the foundation, we are then establishing, uh, in essence, uh, something that could be deemed competitive 
uh, by other public charity standards. Right. Uh, so that we've, we've talked with a number of our grantees because we really think of our grantees as our partners and our, I would say that they're the, they're the people out on the streets on the front lines who are seeing, hearing, and doing, and that kind of feed us that information. We provide that support. And just how many grantees yes. are you talking about? Oh, we have, you know, with, with, my LA with My LA 2050, which we've done six years in a row, we have anywhere between 10 to 10 to 15 grantees per year. Okay. So it's close to 100 grantees. Okay. And then we also have done, we really want to extend, uh, when I talked about that social capital and what, what Golders Foundation has done with social capital, even though LA 2050 is, it, LA 2050 is part of Golders Foundation, we really have tried to make sure that other funders have used the My LA 2050 platform as a, a Grants Challenge as a platform for doing some of their funding. So we've worked at the Roy and Patricia Disney Family Foundation, Annenberg Foundation, CAA Foundation, First Five, uh, the Scooter Braun Enterprises. We've worked with a lot of different foundations where we've constructed partnerships in which we have looked specifically at organizations who have applied to My LA 2050 who maybe haven't won, but where we think there's a good fit. So we've, we've been able to, um, we've had about three or four million dollars go to outside of our You've leveraged. Uh, we've leveraged that yeah. money and directly leveraged we've also heard anecdotes about people who've said oh the ford foundation found us because That's of here. my la 2050 and uh, you know other groups like that but so so when you go to those yes. partners and yes. say hey we're thinking about becoming in the pool with you jumping in the pool with you right right so when that so some people say well how would that work then if we both go out to the same funder? And, and that's a good question. So one of our ideas has been, well, we can provide more oomph. So if, there, if there's an organization, for instance, if you think about LA 2050 as being a union of innovators, essentially, and if there's an organization like a <clears throat> Trust for Public Land or Heal the Bay in Los Angeles that's working on environmental issues, and then they, they're they working on a ballot initiative or they're working trying to get someone elected or legislation passed, how would, wouldn't they love to tap into an organization or, or, or a community that's been working on education reform issues? And how is that, how could that work so they could help each other so that there's, there's a guiding principle of LA 2050 that's about uh, idealism and practicality for social good and it's whether it's um, it's almost a, its own political platform that it's saying okay if you believe in high quality public schools for all children you most likely believe in high quality high air quality and tree canopy for children as well so how can these how can organizations that are working at respective ends of the political um, political issues how could they band together and bring their their respective constituent bases together as you're talking I'm thinking is it possible that you don't need to be a nonprofit to do that? Could you could you look at a social enterprise uh, or or a different structure than public charity to say you admin, LA 2050 administers the grant challenge and convenes and has a voice? Have you looked at that? We've looked at so we've looked at kind of a hybrid model. Okay. We've looked at like a C4 to get mm -hmm. really really political. We've right. looked at C3 and then we've looked at a membership model. Mm -hmm. So because it's we also C6. believe as we, we, I, I, I don't even, I don't know. you know, I don't even know. <laughs> there's a lot of, see, that's all, those are all the IRS codes. I think there's something like 30-something there, there's, there's so many. There are too the, many to, yeah. keep, to keep track of. And I always, I always invoke Albert Einstein who said that if you, if you can't remember, don't, don't bother remembering it if you can look it up. And so if I, it's good enough for Einstein, it's good enough for me. So yes, I'm, I'm going there. to just, yes, thank you, Albert. So, uh, so we, I think that we could conduct, we, we, we could construct an entity that would, that would have to have a number of different 
funding sources, which I think is, again, going to be important because right. it's, it's li like I mentioned before, just in the physical location of where we are, that it's really important to engage the private sector, the nonprofit sector, and the government sector. That's really the only way I see that we're going to be able to make broad scale social change that is embraced by people in who are not affiliated with the government or not affiliated with a private sector firm and, and vice versa. I think that that's that's because you just describe community, right? Yeah, it's, that's it's community. Got, that's it. Especially here in, in Southern it. California or in the U.S. Exactly. It's that that three legged stool of the government, nonprofit and yes. private sector working yes. together. They have to work together. So they also have to have some skin in the game together. So that's where I think that having a varied revenue base mm -hmm. to support an organization like this would be critical. So. I love the idea of a social enterprise, and we've thought about, we looked at, like we and we've talked with our friends at KCRW about the fringe benefits model, or mm -hmm. uh, Step Up Women's Organization has an orange card. We've thought about, we've looked at different models that museums have employed, about, and we've talked with kind of membership consultants for, to say, what would what would it look like to become a membership-based organization? A card-carrying member card of LA 2050. Exactly. Well, it's a community that people identify with and want to be part of, so what would that look like? So. The, you're asking a lot of really good questions, and and it's and it's a and it's really more than anything. It's about um, it's about pulling all of that together and kind of constructing a plan to move us forward to the future. And the other thing I will say is, it's the, as I said, there have been there have been a couple of times uh, over the last I'd say three years that we've that we've thought really seriously about spinning this out, and for one reason or another, we haven't. And some of it has been political context. Some of it has been transition and leadership. So there, there are a lot, a number of different, because we need to make sure it's also the right team in place to make the, to take it forward. Absolutely. And I think when you talk about team, uh, you also think about how do you make sure, and you've talked a lot about these partners or others, how do you make that distinction of if you've talked to enough people mm -hmm. and mm. enough of the I don't say the right people, but mm -hmm. enough of the different people, mm -hmm. because it's really easy, and mm -hmm. I think all of us as humans have mm -hmm. this ease of getting mm -hmm. into the echo chamber. Mm -hmm. You surround For yourself sure. with people that say what you want to hear sure. or say what you believe, yes. and so it must For be sure. true. But how do, you, how do you decide who to include when you yeah. make these decisions, and how do you know you've got enough diverse voices? That's that is there is the magic, right? Okay. There's the ma and then no, there's what I will say. I I will say I think that we've done a really good job when we did the LA Twenty Fifty listens. Um, and you did it just once or did we you? We did it twice. Okay. We did it twice. Um, and then we did something, we replaced it with, um, because we got enough data to c construct really solid, what we found to be very solid metrics that probably need to be revisited anyway, but that at that stage were really solid. And we really we looked around the room and we said, we all look the same in this room, essentially. We all have similar educational backgrounds. And how are we going to really hear from people we may not have heard from before. We may not have access to them. So that's where we said we're going to give small grants. We gave anywhere for the, the two times we did it, we did uh, I think $2,500 to $5,000 grants. And we said, we don't care how you conduct this conversation. We don't care where you conduct this conversation, in what language you conduct this conversation. But we just want to know what's important to your community. So we had organizations that conducted LA 2050 Listens conversations in Tagalog. They, we had one that conducted in, in English and Spanish. We had another one just conduct one in Spanish. I, I mentioned we had the Native American group doing basket weaving. We had people, uh, we had a group of formerly incarcerated people gathered together in a town hall talking about the, the uh, specific issues they are confronting wow. coming back. So we really cast a broad religious, racial, socioeconomic net. And, and we said, you, you tell us community-based. And, and I will say, when you put money out there in a broad, open public call where we don't 
we don't really care what uh, we just want to hear from people out there uh, you get a lot of people so we we felt like with the 20 organizations the first year and probably about the 15 to 20 the next year that we had a decent re cross representation in addition to grantees we had from Goldrush Foundation uh, we had a good we had good inputs about an authentic experience and what what Angelinos want and is that just because it sort of anecdotally or emotionally you felt it was good or did you sort of set some benchmarks like hey we know these are the demographics of the community yep. we want to reflect them we, it was that and also giving them specific metrics to respond to and these were metrics that were like academically rigorously defensible that we had a cross industry cross sector group of academic advisors and quote unquote experts in respective fields from education reform to environmental quality, arts and cultural vitality. So we, we had kind of a, this is where we had like the, the top down, bottom up um, d outcomes that we expected and had hoped for, but then we also monitored against. And we also took some research that the quote unquote experts had given us, it was refuted in some ways by what the community said. What the community said, not refuted in terms of its importance, but in terms of its importance of being measured. And then we made modifications. So I, so we've done it, we've done it. A, I, I feel like we've done a good job in that way of um, responding appropriately and balancing what the experts say, quote unquote, with the people who are having the lived experience. So let me ask you one last on this piece yes. is, do you feel like you were able, in a space like Los Angeles, mm -hmm. get the geographic diversity? Mm. Could someone in Palmdale mm -hmm. feel represented just as much as someone in Cudahy versus someone in industry or Palms yeah. or Long Beach? Like, right? It's yes, that is, that, is the, that is the immense challenge. And I think that that's where we have had, we've done every year that we do the grants challenge, for instance, and when we did the LA 2050 listens, we did take into account geographic diversity. We did take into account diversity within groups as well. So if we, and we, we sort of looked at everything from a portfolio perspective of, we wanted to make sure that we had as many bases as broadly covered as possible, but with also as many high quality inputs as we could possibly right. have. So it is, it's a constantly a balance. I will say that there are areas where we are not as broadly, um, as broadly represented. I can't speak to everyone. I will say though, also in the grants challenge, I believe that we've had, it's about 97% of zip codes in Los Angeles County participate in voting. And that three, it's maybe three to 5% uh, who have not participated only because their group, they're uh, in, in geographic regions like Walt Disney Studios, they're non-residential. Right. So it's basically, we've had, we've had almost every zip code in LA County vote in the Grants Challenge, which we feel is a, a wonderful metric to say, okay, we've got some, we're small, but we've got some, we've got some uh, muscle in terms of spreading our message. So as you did this process for LA 2050, coming into year 10 or so here, almost, um, what did you learn? Like, not everything goes, I mean, you've, you've painted a very, both uh, optimistic picture mm -hmm. with the with the mm -hmm. dose of reality, but let's go real reality. Mm -hmm. What didn't work? What did you try that just didn't work? Because there may be someone says, "Hey, we want to do an, you know, a SF twenty fifty, mm -hmm. or we want to do an Austin twenty fifty. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. What do the people need to know when you're starting this kind of effort to really engage a large metropolitan mm -hmm. region? Mm -hmm. And I, well, actually, as you even mentioned that, we would love one of the things that I would like to do is I would like to work with more 
cities and regions who would like to ha participate in something like a 2050 and I would I would love to have an off-the-shelf like toolkit for different organizations and that's actually how so what's, we what's the chapter said avoid this what's the avoid, what's in that chapter so I think it's one thing I would say is be very clear about what you would like what what you expect and would like this initiative to become because I would say that we have fallen short on turning this into a very um, turning this into an entity that can take a stance on certain positions that could influence an election in some way that could um, that could stand on that could possibly could stand on its own outside of the auspices of the foundation right. that to me feels like uh, lost potential uh, and to me lost potential is one of the worst failures ever so, yes so if you went to the beginning again would you say let's not start it ourselves or let's find a group that we could incubate outside of us to do well, this? Well, no, because okay. we actually tried finding groups, and because we, 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 said, we said we're happy to pay for the research, we're happy to do this, but we don't know that we're the right person to take this forward, and uh, we didn't really find a great home for it that would, that would also have approached it as aggressively as we did. So I, I think we did it the right way. I probably would have gotten more potential funding stakeholders involved earlier right. on in that. So that would be kind of a lesson learned if the, especially if the end goal were to be to spin this out and become its own uh, funded entity. Mm -hmm. I also probably would have thought more about what that end goal of the, like the structure would have been like to your, to your question about social enterprise or I've talked about membership model. I would have thought more about the end. I mean, I think that when we first launched it, we just said, let's just do this research for us. Let's get this, this research out there. Um, so I, I would have thought a little bit differently about if this succeeds and people like this and people want to adopt this as a way of life, what would be our big hairy idea? We didn't think about the big hairy idea right up front, and I'm I'm sorry that we I'm sorry that we didn't do that because I think that would have changed uh, the ways we would have engaged people. Do you see that the first nine years, because we're coming into 2020, yeah. we got 30 years to achieve your goal? Yeah. You had nine years to sort of figure it out. Well, I actually, you, I will. May, may I, okay, I'll, sure. I'll go ahead. No, I just want no. to say because I, because when we we didn't even put the first research paper out until 2013. So I okay. just want to give myself like because it's more like six years than okay. a, like, I just oh, want fair, to say fair. that because okay. yes, okay, so, so sorry. six years, you sort of this, this runway. <laughs> yes, and, but it's yes, true. Even even yes. the nine years or the six yes. years is this runway. Yes, yeah. Does LA 2050 really launch in LA 2020? I mean, does is is the year 2020 the year that it launches? In a way. I, I mean, it could I, I, it could be, but it's in a way. So what we've launched is we've launched a really great online community that is that also shows up for physical and live events when we have physical live events. Right. We've uh, we've done a really good job about having a grants challenge that engages tens of thousands of Angelinos that sources amazing uh, projects and organizations. We have not we have not launched like an alternative political party, right. nor am I sure we will do that in 2020. 2020 would be a great time to launch that. So I'm going to like, I'm right. gonna put that in the back of my head, in the back of my hat. But, um, but so it could be, it very well could be. It's just, I'm not sure. So we've, we've launched something that I would say is that we're like one third of the way there, but I know that we could do so much more. Okay, and so that being said, this is a project that theoretically when you launched it was gonna span more than 30 years. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. How many years have you worked at your longest job? Yeah, <laughs> this job. Okay, <laughs> yes. this, this job, yes. right? I've yes. worked 11 years at my longest yes. job. Um, yes. I think yeah. most people, 30 years is yeah. about what their it's, limit is, and right. yours, yours yes. is gonna last yes. 36 yes. to 39 yes. years. Yes, yes. yeah, that's right. true. What's the sustainability model yeah. for yeah. the next generation? Yep. Do you just continue to bring young people in so that there's 
there's always someone who's not going to be older than right, the, right, right, exactly, <laughs> the exactly. The That's what I keep. I keep talking to high school students and saying <laughs> we we need a high school student strategy. We need a you know younger person strategy. Which and we've tried to. We actually have people. You're allowed to vote in the grants challenges if you're if you're 14 and over. So we and this is something we want to make sure we we retain because it is, it is the future and it is the the youth right now who are going to be inheriting this. Uh, crazy, complicated, messy, beautiful situation that we're in right now. Um, so I think that w one of the th one of the ideas we had tinkered around with was we have five goals in LA 2050. So we have uh, LA as being the best place to play, create, connect, learn, and live. And those were all based on eight community well-being indicators that we came up with th with the academic advisors and based on also one of our friends who'd worked with the UN SDG goals. Mm -hmm. So we, we had a lot of different inputs uh, from academia and research. And we then um, collapsed those eight different indicators in these five goals that we thought could be easily translatable, they could be memorized, they, they were fun and accessible. Um, but what we, we thought about doing is having kind of advisor owners, uh, goal owners, and that could be intergenerational, where we have maybe it's a high school, college, club, or a nonprofit that serves youth, and that have a multi-party, cross-sector, ownership committee so to wow. speak of that of that respective goal and then have those groups uh, meet and report out to each other whether it's every year every three years so we've kind of tinkered around with different models where we know that we are tracking appropriately because we have about 60 different metrics against which we track whether we track appropriately and then we can uh, make changes and adjustments to make sure that we are indeed heading in the right direction. So you've thought about that. How far have you tested that idea? We've tested it more with uh, discrete audiences. Okay. So we've had, and again, it hasn't, it's been more around, we've had more activity around the grants challenge. Right. So w for better or worse, I'd say that the grants challenge has been a wonderful outreach mechanism. Entry it's a point. wonderful, it's a great entry Perfect, point. Perfect, yeah. But I will say that it, there's been a lot of uh, attention paid to the grants challenge internally and externally, for better or for worse. So I, in order to get it beyond what the grants challenge has done and really keep our research current and keep our audience engaged and keep growing the audience, we need to think about we need to think more holistically and bigger about what is that policy agenda platform that we need to work on. So what is the, do you have like a sustainability plan for the organization for 30 years? No, we do not. Okay. No, no, we do that's not. Because you, I mean, no, you made that commitment, you've said that, I'll right, be here right. for 30 years. Well, well we, have, we have the Golders Foundation okay. that's committed to, okay. that's committed to LA 2050, but we don't have, we, but I think that, like I said, and like you mentioned with the three, the three-legged stool, we yeah. need to have multiple partners yeah. and multiple players involved and invested in some way, shape, or form. So that's that's where I would say that we need to do some work. And would you say that's any, I mean, I would say, would you agree that any organizational project needs to have multiple stakeholders? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so, because you also even think about, if you think about different industries, you have customers who are like invested customers because they're paying and they're voting with their dollars, or you have um, for a p political base, you have the constituent base who's going to benefit from, so you need to be able to show the benefits and incentives and the costs that to each activity or action. So yes, I think you're right. I think I'm being hard on myself, but it's also uh, it's also again because I see that there's so much potential that we've we've laid the groundwork with this potential, and now in order to really make it fly, we we need to do some things a little differently. So what's what's on the horizon that we no one's heard about yet? Uh, obviously, this this podcast may be heard three years from now, but at least today, like what's coming up in the next year or two that you think is is on path. We talked about a lot of stuff that's mm -hmm. being 
tinkered with and mm -hmm, thought about. Mm -hmm. What's actually said, oh, we're going to do this. Well, You're going to see this coming. For sure, for sure we're doing the grants challenge right. again. I mean, that has been, that's, and, and it's changing this year. So it's going to be, we are going to be rewarding more organizations who apply financially. And we are also going to be making sure that people who apply um, and who drum up votes are rewarded because that's been, uh, part of the we, we are we constantly we constantly uh, adjust and modify the grants challenge based on input that we get so one year people said we don't um, we, we can't absorb a hundred thousand dollars over the ne over the course of the year so we, we said okay you can apply for 25 50 or 100k uh, this year we we are hearing loud and clear people say oh it's so hard to get votes sometimes and so we're saying if you get any votes, you're going to get money for it. Mm -hmm. But it's a different, so it's a different structure. So I think that people will be happy to. So that is that is what we are definitely going to be working on, and we're going to be working. Some of it we haven't. I can't. I can't go public yeah. with some. Yeah, but we're. But it's it's a lot that we're that we're hanging around, around the grants challenge and around engagement and how we might be able to use. So another thing that we've done is we have this archive um, of the of all the submissions from my early 2050 grants challenge that is public, uh, publicly available and live, and we've just integrated a donate button so people can go ahead and make donations directly from that. That's something, so it's, it's tweaks on what we already have, but it's where we've made some visible progress. In the past, you didn't have to be a 501c3 to apply for the money. That's that correct, and you still do not so have to. If someone to. wanted to donate, they donate to you guys and you oh, would write the check? No, no, that's a really good question. We just actually had a discussion about this. The It's the organizations who've applied to the grants challenges who are 501c3. Because it's not Because it's not via us. The grant goes through a group called Pledgling, mm -hmm. and ple it's Pledgling's data that they need to, mm. yeah. It would be easier if it, it, well, it would be harder for us and easier for other entities if, yeah. if it could just go through us. I have questions about your favorite organizations and your favorite Ooh. solutions, but I'm not going to, that'd be mean. Okay. It's like, yeah. How, your, my, favorite my favorite kid? child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're not going to do that to you. But in the back of my head, all of us yeah. listening to you saying, okay, so who's doing it right? Who's, which mm. organizations, if you didn't have a, a voting, mm. but they applied, mm. what's your mm -hmm. favorite, I guess, let me ask mm -hmm. you this. What's your favorite project that's been, or one of your favorite projects that's been mm -hmm. launched in the last six years that really was innovative okay. and actually showed results, not just a good idea? Right, right. So one, uh, one I can think of right off the bat, and, and I, I think this is the, I think we've had two that have won twice. So this is one that's won twice. Uh, it was, it's an organization that was started in 2013 by Rudy Espinosa called LEARN. It's now yeah, called no. Inclusive Action right. for the City. And th this was started to, um, LEARN was started to provide street vendors, of whom there are about 10,000 in the city, with a kind of a pathway out of poverty. I mean, that's essentially the way we think about entrepreneurship, is it, it provides a an economic mobility tool. and. So Learn was launched to help make sure that these street vendors were supported and were treated as legal small businesses within the city of Los Angeles um, and beyond. So Learn got a, an LA2050 grant in $100,000 LA2050 grant in 2013 to basically launch its, launch its organization. They then won again, I believe in 2016, uh, oh, yeah, 2016, I think. I could be off by a year or so. But they then uh, applied for another grant and won because they were able to legalize street vending in the six-year six time frame. They were able to legalize street vending. They were able to streamline the process for street vendors. They have been requested to show the model that they've used in Los Angeles, in New York, and at California state level. 
and they are now also providing loans to the street vendors. So they that's that's been a model that was a great crazy idea and that has turned out to have tremendous ripple effects and in California in Los Angeles and beyond. And that to me is a real marker of success that other cities and regions are coming to Los Angeles and saying, "Hey, what you guys launched in 2013, what, you know, can you teach us how to do that?" So do you do the LA 2050 conference not for Angelinos but for others? Oh, I would love that. And, and that's actually where when you talked about earlier about yeah. funding and if I thought about social enterprise, the other thing I was going to mention was we We've started talking, this was a, a year, two years ago, I think we started talking to national funders who, are, who do not have much of a footprint in Los Angeles. Um, which is a who, problem for Which is LA. a problem for, for LA, for LA and for right. everyone. But we started thinking, oh, this might be an interesting repository for them to get involved with helping to launch and be a funder of LA 2050 and then get their feet wet in Los Angeles. So, and, that, and that's where we thought, okay, we could bring more funds to Los Angeles, which then means that, there, that this competition argument is, is going to be uh, mollified right, a bit right. and that there's more for everyone. Well, and I, it reminds me of the effort right now that Annenberg is leading, I think, the LA InSync uh, effort. I don't know, yes. have you been involved in this? Yes, I'm on their steering committee. Okay. Now it's now it's with the California Community oh, Foundation. I, I, yeah, it but moved. It, no, it moved, and actually we talked with them uh, about, is there something we so, could do? We feel so like what sister it, organizations. what is it, right? LA, LA and Sake, I'm not asking you yeah. to speak to them, but you're yeah. on the advisory. It basically says, how do we work together to bring more resources to this region? Yes. And, you know, this podcast is based here in Los Angeles, so we're very yes. connected to the activities yes. uh, in philanthropy and government and nonprofit yes. and business in Los Angeles. So we're, we're also participating and supporting as we best we can. How does that different though, right? How, they're trying to get resources. How does mm -hmm. this complement that? Mm -hmm. So the, what we've what we've kind of referred to with with LA and Sync and and internally is we've talked about their kind of sister organizations. Mm -hmm. LA 2050 is kind of on the ground about the citizen who want, and I and I use citizen, I mean a resident, resident of Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles County, who wants to get more actively involved in whatever it might be, whether it's volunteering in Los Angeles, whether it's showing up to vote, whether it's like taking a um, position at a nonprofit, whether it's showing up for a hearing, wh whatever it is, but it's really more about the person on the street. And LA and Sync is more about appealing to um, funding and funding bodies that are at an agency level or a federal level in the hundreds of millions of dollars and bring those dollars to Los Angeles for larger organizations. So it's kind of like a, I, I would, I'll use that again, the kind of the stakeholder um, and the larger entity, not versus, but in tandem with the consumer brand. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. And, I, so and we, there have been some interesting conversations about how could we work together. And then the missing leg of that stool is who's bringing the corporate dollars, both no. for economic development and for corporate citizenship. Right. And I could see that that would be LA County. I mean, LA County yeah. the, and uh, Bill Allen's group. Uh, LADC. Yeah. LADC, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, really interesting work in the ecosystem that you're both creating and existing within. Uh, and the more people that we can get to be part of that ecosystem, mm -hmm. I think the, the stronger we'll be mm -hmm. in 30 or so. Mm -hmm. Let's. Oh, I, I handed you a crystal ball, and I want mm. you to look in, because you've mm. cast a spell in mm -hmm. that crystal ball. Mm. LA 2050, mm -hmm. what does it look, if we're sitting here today mm -hmm. with nothing changing from where we are, what does mm -hmm. it look like? 
-hmm. in one crystal ball. And the other crystal ball I gave you is the one that is the, uh, the work you've done for tw next, the mm -hmm. next 30 years and what does it look like? What's mm -hmm. the difference of Los Angeles from where we are if you do nothing? Right. Or if, you, if, if everything happens right. as it's been happening versus if you really work to what you're trying to do. Right, right. Well, there are a lot of people, I will say, in the crystal ball where we do nothing. I, I, I don't want to undermine <laughs> any of the work that anyone else is right. doing. I mean, if this is all, and this, this is what, L I, I think of LA 2050 as being like connective tissue and a support organization and a cheerleader and a champion for people who are doing the hard work. Right. So, um, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of a doom and despair person right now around climate change, especially, okay. and uh, economic inequality, especially in, in this county. So I don't think things look particularly great right now. I think it's a really looking at uh, more adaptability and sustainability and a little bit of a Hunger Games that, <laughs> that I know, not, not the best public message. messaging. You and I both have young kids. Yeah, I'm just no, exactly, frightened for them. Oh, no, I am. Oh, I, my eight-year-old turned and looked at me and said, Mommy, you said it was going to be like Hunger Games, right? And I said, yes, that's what I think it will be. So we have to like work on some of our skills in different <laughs> ways. And then at the, in 2050, I mean, we, we have we have specific metrics that we that we determined at the uh, when we first launched this research and again with the with the community and with the experts so we have measurements that we can point to like every angelino should be within a half mile walking distance of a green space or park and what was interesting about that so that was put forth by the experts and then the community member said no a quarter of a mile so we've said okay we, we, when we when we look at like the crystal ball with the more the more sanguine crystal ball, it's we've we've been realistic yet we've allowed for, for some imagination in that. So yes, I would like every Angelina to be within a quarter of a mile walking distance of a park. I'd like people to be walking. People will be walking more. People will be in autonomous vehicles and more shared shared vehicles and uh, public transportation more. I mean, I think it's going to be a more equitable excuse me, more equitable in terms of natural resources and financial resources, but it also, I think, no matter what, no matter how hard we try, it's still going to be a more challenging world in 2050. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because I reacted with silence. Um, I think this is on that note, having, having on that note. No, no but, but this is, and actually when we first launched LA 2050, I will say people said, 2050, that's too far. That Because we first started having conversations about it in 2011, and then we went public with the research in 2013. Um, and people thought we were really crazy. And now, within just probably within, by 2015, people didn't think we were crazy about having chosen 2050, but 2050 allowed people to tap into their imagination. And, and we, we worked with scientists at Griffith Observatory, for instance, to imagine like, what is this more interesting, uh, futuristic look about LA in 2050? We, we worked with Imagine LA, it works around uh, people experiencing homelessness, and, and they had worked with art artistic renderings about what could this look like? Because there is something freeing. It's, it's close, but it's also so far. So, so where are you, let me give you this yes. crystal ball. This is the yes. personal one. Where are you gonna be in 2050? Oh boy, well, I'd like to be retired. Okay, you're not allowed to <laughs> be. Like I know, I, I, based on what you've done so far, I know that. Oh my goodness, we need um, you. And gosh, I'd like to. I think I'd like to be supporting, supporting the next generations. That maybe maybe it's that I'm I'm working on uh, kind of the a, a support role for the different interconnected goals of LA 2050 and, and all of us. 
um, with next generations taking the lead in fighting some of the stronger fights because they're going to be frankly much stronger than I in 2050. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think our, our my challenge to you is in 2050, you and I'll come back. And whatever medium is the maybe holograms of us, we'll still be alive. Well, wait, but yeah, well, how old will we get? Twenty fifty. Yeah. That's yeah. Th that's okay. thirty years yeah. from now. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. Yes. We but my mom's almost that age. Yeah. And she's she's a fighter. No, no. Uh, and we look at like if, in twenty fifty, we should be having a conversation about look how much we did. Yes. What is twenty one hundred going to look like? Mm. Because that's mm. that's that's next. when it gets really weird. Yeah. That's when it gets really weird. Yeah. I'm yeah. probably not going to be here for twenty one hundred. No, and I'm actually okay not being here yeah. for twenty one hundred. I'll be close, but not not all the way. <laughs> um, wow. So <laughs> I mean, the future future's bright because of the work we could be doing, but I think yes. what I'm hearing yes. is that it's really about making sure we're continuing to engage and innovate our engagement yes. with the community that is going to inherit or take yes. ownership of yes. this community that yes. is Southern California or Los Angeles as a model, really. Yes. And how do we how do we replicate this? Because we're only as strong as our weakest neighbors, exactly. right? Exactly, uh, exactly. And that's for the hard times and the good times. Yes, for sure. And I do think it is, I, I mean, one of the things I've been looking at recently actually is AI, and AI for social good, and what what we need to be aware of. Because there, there, are, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of changes that are going to be occurring societally that no matter how good the work is that we're doing, we have to be attuned to what's happening in a broader conversation. And yeah, but that takes us all a whole different direction. Wow. Yes, but yeah. Sorry. Well, I hope, I hope that maybe one of the initiatives you start in the next couple of years through LA 2050 is the, the tech, yeah. compo the tech mm. influence on community, right? Mm -hmm. What is autom automation, AI, mm -hmm. and other things like mm -hmm. that? How is our world gonna be so different mm -hmm. that we're not even planning for? Oof. Yes, yes. It's exciting work. Yeah, and then is. how do we help nonprofits plan well, that's for it? it. That's because it. a lot of nonprofits yeah. still function in the 80s. Yes. And here we are in, yes. in, in almost 2020. And yes. So how do we get them 50 years how do we get them to the present, not yes. even looking to 10 years or 20 years to the future? Yes. That's a challenge for us. Yes, it is. As a community. So I'm going to go to our lightning round. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, just the first thing comes to mind. Okay, oh boy. Uh, one or two word answers. Okay. Don't think about it, don't explain okay. it. Who's a leader who has influenced you in your work? Nelson Mandela. What book has changed the way you think about the role of community in your work? The Upside of Your Downside. What local restaurant do you always bring friends to when they visit LA? Le Petit Greek. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> What's the first place you turn to for information when working with a new community? I'd listen to the local radio station, understand what they're talking about and how they're talking about issues. What, 80s music, 50s music? No, exactly. Music. <laughs> um, AM. <laughs> oh, AM, okay. What's the, uh, excuse me, um, what nonprofit in LA is doing great work and maybe flying under the radar? You may know about it, but other people may not, and they're doing some great work. Mm. I really love what Lyft LA is doing, and they've been testing a member-to-member um, -member conditional cash transfer with each with each other that is flying under the radar. That I think is like could be groundbreaking, changing things. To you, what's the most exciting thing about LA in 2050? Mm. I think the most exciting thing about LA in 2050 is what I'm seeing now as different interesting ideas about what LA could be and how we could all work together to make LA better in 2050. What advice would you give 25-year-old you? Chill out, <laughs> it will all be okay. And every single job, opportunity, skill, positive or negative work experience will serve you in some way. What's the best career decision you ever made? coming to work with Ben Goldhirsch. And what so far has been your proudest professional moment? 
I'm proud of creating something from nothing. So that was creating a Goldhurst Foundation brand and an LA2050 brand from really great ideas and being funded, but just creating something with a team and with a community and that means something to others outside of my office walls. Great. Thanks so much, Tara. Thank this is you. great. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Community Intelligence. And for more information on this and other episodes, visit our website at stratoscope.com. At Stratoscope, we provide community intelligence services to businesses, nonprofits, and government agencies. Let us know how we can help you.